You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church at church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. This morning, I'm going to give you another invitation, and today's invitation is to forgive. Now, we're in some really different times right now, and I want to give you a little grace here because, you know, going through different times like this, we're probably not responding to one another like we should, maybe with the amount of grace we should be giving, or maybe in situations we don't respond the way we normally would if we were on top of our game, if if things were kind of in, in a norm as we're used to. And so we're responding a little differently. But, you know, our responses, oftentimes they can turn around and backfire on us if we're not careful, especially our emotional responses, especially the ones that we choose. And, you know, most of our emotional responses are choices. Okay, let me give you some examples just to lead into this because there's a couple of things I want to throw in here as well also. You know, it's kind of like criticism. When you criticize somebody or something or or some situation, you know, critique is good. But if you lean in just a little too far, what you end up doing is you end up impacting yourself in a real negative way. You're the one that walks away with a bad attitude more so than helping someone else. Same thing is true with cynicism. A little cynicism is good. But if you're not careful, cynicism can take control of your mind. It can take control of your day. And you begin to be cynical about everything. And so then your cynicism isn't actually helping any situations. It's uh, actually not doing anything except just dragging you down. And the same is true for unforgiveness. When we harbor unforgiveness in our heart, we aren't really affecting the people that we're not forgiving near as much as we're affecting ourselves. I learned this a long time ago. It used to tick me off. When someone would do me wrong, then I'd find out later, you know, I'm harboring this unforgiveness. I'm I'm still angry about something. And yet they're down at the mall hanging out, have a good time, or they're going off and doing doing things and just enjoying. And, you know, they've not even apologized to me. And uh, I, I had to learn. I didn't want to live under that. And I want to encourage you also to consider that. Don't Don't live under that unforgiveness. Okay, so... The task for this sermon today was not to find enough to tell you about unforgiveness, not to find enough scriptures, not to find enough examples, because there were too many examples. There are too many scriptures. There are too many things for me to tell you in one sermon. So the task for today's sermon on unforgiveness was to find those things that are important to say today. And you're listening, so I'm assuming, I'm praying that God is leading us to the things that we need to hear today about unforgiveness. So here's what I really want to do is kind of kind of keep this focused in this one area. I want to talk to you about what forgiveness truly is. All right. Now, here's the first thing. Forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness is a choice. It's not an emotion. It's a choice. When we forgive, we make the choice to forgive. Now, I know you may not agree with me right here, but I want you to just hang on to this for a few moments. As we go through this sermon, I'm hoping that you understand what I'm saying, and it begins to really make sense that maybe forgiveness really is a choice, okay? So here's the second thing about forgiveness. It's a choice, but also forgiveness doesn't take time to happen. Forgiveness is immediate. It's instantaneous. 
Okay, now again here, some of you are probably already disagreeing with me, but hang on, let me explain what I mean to you because I think what happens, you see, when we forgive, it is instantaneous, but there's some other things surrounding that forgiveness that don't happen all at once. And so we want to lump those in there and say, well, I haven't been able to fully forgive yet. When you forgive, when you fully forgive, when you make that choice to forgive, it is instantaneous. But there are some other things surrounding that. Like, for example, forgiveness is not the same as forgetting. You've heard people say all the time, forgive and forget. It is easy to forgive. It is not easy to forget. God made us where we remember things, remember good things in our life, but also remember bad things in our life so that so that we wouldn't repeat those mistakes, right? So forgiving and forgetting are two different things. Secondly, forgiving is not the same as reconciliation. Just because you forgive someone doesn't mean you're going to be reconciled. And I think that's another reason why sometimes we think forgiveness takes a long time because sometimes reconciliation takes a long time, or maybe it never even happens, just like forgetting might never, ever happen. But forgiveness and reconciliation don't always go hand in hand. Sometimes you may forgive someone and you are never reconciled back to them. And here's the third thing. Forgiveness also does not take away the pain. You see, sometimes I think we believe if we forgive, then it's not supposed to hurt anymore. That's not the way it is, okay? Uh, forgiveness does not take away the pain, but forgiveness can begin the healing process. And so sometimes we think, well, I haven't totally forgiven yet because it still hurts. No, when you choose to forgive, it can be instantaneous and you forgive and, and, and you let that person off the hook in, in your heart and in your mind. But you may still have the hurt. You may still have the pain. But forgiveness is the beginning of the healing process. Okay, so next thing. Forgiveness is also not earned or deserved. Sometimes we think that people have to earn forgiveness, and that's why it takes a while for it to happen. No, forgiveness is instantaneous. It is immediate. Hang on with me here. We're getting there, okay? But forgiveness is not deserved. As a matter of fact, we give forgiveness to people who don't deserve it because we didn't deserve it, right? Didn't Christ forgive you even though you didn't deserve to be forgiven? And as Christians, Christ followers, Christ-like people, we're supposed to do the same thing. So we forgive those who don't deserve it. And let me give you an example. In John chapter 8, I think this is a great example of what forgiveness looks like. In this story, Jesus is out in public and, and some real religious guys, they are hauling this lady down the streets and they're, they found her in some great sin and, and uh, they're, they're bringing her right to the feet of Jesus and they're ready to stone her, to take stones and throw at her. They're ready to put her to death. And so Jesus, he just says, whichever one of you has no sin in your life, you cast the first stone. And uh, I don't know if they'd already picked up their stones or whatever, but I, I've kind of always imagined it that way, like that from one to the uh, next to the next to the next, maybe from the oldest to the youngest, they each drop their rock and walk away, knowing that they too are undeserving of forgiveness. They all drop their rocks. That's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is dropping the rock. Forgiveness is no longer demanding that someone be punished for the hurt they caused you. That's all forgiveness is. It is just dropping the rock. And every one of them in this story in John chapter 8, every one of them dropped the rock, including Jesus. 
But wait a minute. Actually, Jesus never even picked up a rock. Hmm. Let that sink in for just a moment. When this woman was being brought down the street to him, and when he saw her coming, in his mind, he could have thought, oh, here's a sinner. Here's someone that is worthy of death. And he could have started picking up rocks. But that's not Jesus' nature. He didn't begin picking up rocks. His immediate response of seeing her was forgiveness. And we're Christ followers, right? We're Christ-like. We're Christians. So what are we supposed to do? You know, we wouldn't have near as many people in our lives to forgive if our immediate response would always be forgiveness. If we didn't always reach for the rock as soon as someone wrongs us. If we didn't always look for the way to get vengeance whenever we feel hurt. But understanding who Christ is and how he acted and how he looked at us when he saw us in our sin. He didn't pick up the rocks. He didn't start devising a plan of how to get vengeance or how to punish us. He started finding a way, finding a way to bring grace, to bring forgiveness into our lives. You see, one of the things I think we all struggle with also is we sometimes think we don't have to forgive someone until they apologize, right? They haven't asked for my forgiveness, so why should I, why should I forgive them? They've not apologized. They've not admitted they were wrong. Well, again here, Christ is the example. Now, even if you're not a Bible scholar, you've probably heard this phrase, this statement that Jesus made when he was hanging on the cross. Now, let's think about what's going on here, okay? He's been betrayed. He's been beaten all night. He is tired. He is worn out. People have lied against him so that he would be found guilty and hang on this cross. And so now they're hanging him on this cross. He is going to die hanging here. He knows all this. And you know what he says? He looks up to heaven and he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. They didn't apologize. They didn't repent. They couldn't apologize or repent because they didn't know what they were doing. And so Jesus didn't wait for them to apologize. He didn't wait for them to repent. He didn't wait for them to say, I'm sorry. He didn't wait for them to say, oh, oh, look, we were wrong. He didn't wait for any of that. And he said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And as Christ followers, again, what are we supposed to do? What he does. Not wait for someone because forgiveness doesn't depend on the person who's wronged you. Forgiveness depends on the person that was wronged. It doesn't matter what they do or how often they do it or how many times they've done it. When Simon Peter asked Jesus, how many times am I supposed to forgive my brother? Jesus said 70 times seven. And he wasn't saying 490. And so the 491st time you don't forgive him. But seven is a number of completion. So what Christ was saying was just take the number of completion and multiply it times that times 10 and just over and over and over. He was saying we just completely forgive over and over and over. That's his example. It's that example that he's given to us as well. So here's your invitation. Not to just forgive, but let me give you an invitation to bless someone also. In Romans chapter four, verse seven, read this with me. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Now, granted, we're talking about God forgiving us of our great sin. But if that brings joy, if that brings blessing into my life, then it would also bring blessing into someone's life if I forgive them. 
So do you want to be a blessing today? Forgive someone. You want to have a better life this week? Forgive someone. That thing that you've been harboring for so long, waiting for someone else that doesn't even maybe know that they've hurt you as bad as you're hurt, here's your invitation today. Your invitation to forgive them, to be a blessing to them, but then also to be a blessing to yourself by releasing yourself from that unforgiveness because it is impacting you a whole lot more than it is impacting them. So let's pray. And if you're not a Christ follower yet, man, doesn't this sound like a, a great man to follow? All, all these things that I've shared with you today, isn't this the kind of guy we need to be emulating? Isn't this the, the, the kind of person that needs to be able to speak into our lives and for us to say, yeah, that's, that's who I want to be? Then I invite you to follow along with us as we follow Christ. And the beginning of that is accepting his forgiveness for you because, you know, he forgave you before you even asked. All you need to do now is just accept that for yourself. Romans 10, verse 9 and 10 basically says he's already done the hard work. All you have to do is just have faith in, in him and his forgiveness of sin. And then tell somebody about it. So let's pray. And um, let's accept forgiveness. And then let's choose to give forgiveness to someone else. Father, I love you and I thank you for giving your son while I was a sinner, before I was even born. And you chose to do that because you were choosing to forgive me. And God, I, I accept that forgiveness. I accept your grace. And maybe for someone who is accepting it for the first time, God, I ask you, Lord, to just do what you said you would in your word to record their name in your records also and to wash away all of their sins. And then, God, let that same grace and forgiveness that you have given to us, let us now give it to someone else to freely give it to someone else, to, uh, to choose to forgive someone instantaneously, to, to, to drop the rock and to no longer demand that they be punished or that I get vengeance or I get payback or even get an apology. But God help us all today to drop a rock and to let someone off the hook just as we were let off the hook. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you. You can email our prayer team at prayer at church2911.com or text us at 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting church2911.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. Thanks for listening to the 2911 Sermons Podcast. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.